What's up, everybody? What's up, everybody? And welcome to this week's huddle. We come at you every Tuesday afternoon at three o'clock to discuss maintaining forward progress in your flooring career. Um, really, we we touch on a lot of subjects that are uh, uh, flooring related, but also just general business related topics as well. Join me as always is Daniel, and I believe Jose is going to be joining us here in a bit. And um, this week's topic uh, falls in line with all of our discussions um, in regards to bringing new people in and, um, you know, trying to get new people started in the flooring industry. And so this week's topic is, would you want your kid in the flooring industry? So would, you know, basically we all, uh, we all have been in it a while maybe, and now you're, you, you got children and, uh, would you want them in this industry? So the reason I ask this question is, and above and beyond just the fact that it, it plays very well with, uh, previous discussions. Um, but I've, I've noticed a lot of smaller flooring business owners who, whose children don't want anything to do with it. So maybe, uh, the question should be, would you want your flooring, your kid in flooring, uh, industry and, uh, do you want to be, but, um, for the topic of this week, would you want your kid in the, your, your child to, uh, get in the business? So I guess that's a it's a question. So I'd love participation from the audience. Anybody who's on, uh, that can, uh, either tell a story about their child, uh, being in flooring, um, uh, or answer the question and maybe follow that up with why and, and what you think, um, the negatives are that would want you as a parent to not possibly want your child in flooring kind of stems from a lot of football players, professional football players won't let their own children play football. And so that thought came to me. I wonder what, what a flooring, a lifetime flooring guy would say about having their, their child in the flooring business. Uh, this is probably more geared towards installing, although the business in general, but would you want your kid to be a flooring installer? So that is the question on the table. I will I would love to hear Daniel first. Um, get your your uh, input. Okay. I don't uh, know if Ashlyn's there, but my brother. Hey, Ashlyn, there. can we get Jose on, please? Um, I tried to promote him to a panelist. It declined, or he declined the promotion and then left the call. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Well, D Daniel, for now, it's you and me. Hopefully, uh, Jose joins and Ashlyn can um, patch him in. So um, let's start off with you. I also am up in my Kansas City office today, and uh, I have uh, my manager up here, my project executive at this location, uh, who may join us, um, might jump in the frame here and... Yeah. I got John over here too. Well, I, I think it might be beneficial for him to come in here because his kid is actually in the industry as well. Um, let's bring him in and let's let's have you guys start the conversation off with one of you answering the question and and following up with the why. Okay, I'll start off. I I always tell everyone that uh, with the way the industry is right now, I would not have my kids join the industry um especially not not necessarily like on the sales side or anything but on the installation side because of it's a it's an uphill battle with the installation side right now you know fighting stores trying to get paid what i want to you would want to say what we think we're worth, right? But it's really what we are worth. Um, a lot of the conversations that we have have to deal with, you know, not, we, we need to stop saying I can't afford to do this and start saying that I can't afford not to. And that's where a lot of the, the stores that you work for put you, they put you in that place where you're like, I can't afford to do this and I can't afford to do that. And they, 
essentially bully you into a spot to where, you know, you're scared to say no to work because they're going to stop feeding you. And then once they stop feeding you, you think that you're going to end up going under right away and there, there's nowhere else for you to go. I mean, I felt like that for, for a while, you know, you, you dealing with huge companies and every single day, pretty much they have something for you. And then, you know, if I end up saying no, what's going to happen? Well, we started saying no. And just like we thought, you know, they essentially cut us off. So um, it, it was hard. And, you know, the industry is, is still hard like that. And I don't want my kids to be put in that same position that I was in, especially right now with the, I mean, we've talked about my body. I'm 35 years old. And just on Saturday, my hip went out and it was my good hip. So now I have zero good hips. Yeah. So it's tough on the body. We know that, although things have gotten a lot better, uh, I think, uh, from an, a, um, a, you know, personal, uh, I want to say safety for lack of a better word, like knee pads and things like that. So your personal protection items, that are available to you in flooring are a lot better today than the, the old rugged knee pads we used to use. But I, um, something that struck me is you talked about a store, basically, it sounds like uh, exuding controls and power over you as a installer. And when you started to say no, or maybe negotiate your pricing um you started to uh get blackballed at that particular store is that accurate yeah yeah basically it's like uh you're either gonna do it for what we tell you you're that we're paying you or pretty much you can find some somewhere else to go either do it or pound sand huh yeah <laughs> and well and that that's where um little plug for go career here right because i've i've used the software and um you know we got pretty in depth with it when we went to visit you and that's one of the best aspects of it is the negotiating part and that's something that a lot of these guys don't realize that they have is the power to negotiate especially and, in numbers right like yeah. if you're if you're part of go carrera and you're part of um you know couple thousand other installers and if you get saturation in certain areas where installers can stand up for themselves and i'm a flooring store i'm a commercial flooring company and i want the guys to stand up for themselves and uh get more money from the market uh i seen an interesting post on facebook maybe it was yesterday where a guy was discuss talking about you know not being paid what he what he wants and what he needs to be paid from a store and then some other people chimed in and said you know well stores shouldn't make any money off of my labor uh the to address that stores should companies should make money on expenses if some if you're expending something out in a major way in a and you're the one as a company waiting for that money to come through now if installers from the now this is a commercial situation from a commercial flooring company if the installers wanted to wait the 60 to 90 days to get paid like i have to then okay then you you probably can make a heck of a lot more if you want to make those terms with a flooring company but the fact that we pay out every single week and we wait for the money to come through on that labor performed from the contractor and often it's 60 to 90 days that is, we are financing that and you have to make a profit on anything that you're, you're expending or financing. That being said, the real problem is installers get on Facebook and bitch, and I'm sorry, but that's what it is. They don't do anything about it. There's there, this is probably more plugging Go Carrera than I've done on this, on the podcast. But fact is if they get on Go Carrera in, in a, meaningful way from in in given areas 
you know, geographic areas. If 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 you're on the Go Career Network, negotiate your pricing between no matter what company you work for, you you make sure you're getting the you're requesting, you're negotiating that price up. That changes the market. The installer has the power to change the market if they gather together and do it. If you're negotiating Order numbers and your 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 prices say you're getting paid four dollars a yard for carpet and you want to get paid five. These are just for example. If you will if you go to both to every company that you work for and you demand five, eventually the price and other installers do the same thing. Eventually that price is you may have to eat a little dirt and get to 450 and then five, but eventually that will move up. The installers have to band together for that to happen. And you have to have a platform that can band you together. And that is Go Carrera. So that's my that's my pitch. Right. And get together, you know, band together and have a common a common goal of increasing the labor, because here's the dirty secret. Flooring companies make more money. We do it on a percentage basis. So if I make 10 percent on everything I expend, for example, and my labor cost is four dollars, I make more money if I if my labor cost is five, six, seven dollars, if I'm making 10 percent on it. So if the mar labor market and this also goes to go Carrera with the hammer rating, making sure that a six month guy that's going to go in and and undercut everybody. You know, that guy that was was with a mechanic for six months and then went out and started his own thing. He's not going to have a hammer rating worth a darn. And he should he's not going to get much work in the go career system unless he goes and increases his experience and his education. As he does that, his hammer rating will increase. Then he's in the go career system. You're only competing with the same level of hammer rated person, no matter what. So the the installer does have the power to make some change if they will band together and and make and create positive change. You know, I I'll announce it here. We're going to have a convention for Go Career installers where we can talk about these concepts and where we can implement them out in the marketplace. That will I'm going to try like hell to make uh, our first convention uh, be 2023. Now I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull that off, but that's going to be my goal. Then we can band together as an industry at the level where it matters the most. I don't care how good of a salesman I am. If I can't get the stuff installed in a good, in the proper manner and please the client, it doesn't matter. I have to get it installed. There's no value to the flooring until it's on the floor installed correctly. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't, the, the, the change has to happen at the installer level. And with so many installers being subcontractors, similar to your your article, Daniel, where you talked about in, uh, companies hiring and 1099 employees, which is a misnomer that, that doesn't exist. There's no such thing. You're either an employee or you're a subcontractor. That's it. If you're an employee, you are paid on a W-2. You get taxes taken out. You are, your expenses as it relates to the the business are covered if you're a 1099 subcontractor you are responsible for all that stuff and the lack of control from the company is key for that relationship to work so a lot of what i was talking about with you know why i wouldn't want my kids to do it kind of ties back into what you were just talking about and it's there's too many people out there that aren't doing it that way which make the prices lower and then they are uneducated. So they think that they have to just accept those rates and there's no way to get out of it, which in turn makes them hire other people on a 1099 basis who don't know what they're doing that go out. Risk and, it. And it's it just a vicious. And it, dry, it, dry, it keeps the price down. That's why yeah. to, I, I, got paid, I got paid 275 to $3 a yard to lay carpet back in 95. Today the market pays about four dollars in my area, three fifty to four. 
That is not an increase. Man. The guys who are willing to, to work for that. Now, I get it. We have some jobs that are, you know, huge, big open department stores. And, you know, a guy can still make several thousand dollars in a day. But my point is not on a project by project basis, but as an industry from the installer level, if you're going to come to me and want $4 and then go down the street to my competitor and charge them $3, then you're breaking the, you're breaking the, the system. You have to have subs need to understand you, you have to cover your costs and you have to cover expenses. And if you have somebody working for you as a sub and you got a helper and you're paying them 1099, that's not fair either. Now, this guy who's just in the industry is experiencing the industry as a 1099 person for another sub, and they're getting paid even less than that sub gets paid from the store. That's where all this gets mixed up. Subcontractors, please, if you're going to hire people to work for you, make them your employee, get the appropriate insurance, get get operate as a business, and then charge appropriately so that you can cover those expenses and then turn still turn a profit at the end of the year. So that got off onto a bit of a rant. <laughs> you guys hear me? Uh, yeah, we can't see you anymore, but we can hear you. So the question on the table, uh, yeah, I mean, the industry's messed up uh, in a lot of ways from a labor perspective. And um, so you, you, that's that's your your stance. Uh, can you introduce the gentleman with you? Yeah, this is John Curtis. This hey, is our uh, project coordinator. And his son actually works here as well. So, I mean, he, he has that, that other side of it to where he's already brought his kid in. He's a few years in now, right? A couple of years, yeah. So tell us about that, John. Well, so I was thinking about objectively if I would had a the chance to go back and kind of steer him into um, something else. I, I might do that, but for me, I think it was a good fit in my situation with my son because he, he had, he didn't have very much direction. He's working at a restaurant and I didn't want, I didn't want that life for him. I was trying to get him and in, geared into the trades. He was in a trade school in high school for uh, HVAC uh, for a technician uh, for a technical program for that and he just didn't really like that and then one summer he came to work with me and and I think it was probably the easy way out for him he was just kind of well this is easy to work with for my dad I can I can learn everything from him and I don't really have to go put myself out there and go venture out don't or, have to go to interviews and stuff don't like have that. to go to interviews or anything like that so and well, tell um, the story that you told me about the gentleman that, that that kind of mentioned something negative derogatory towards you that kind of helped push that envelope too because i love that story that you told me about about that gc oh we were working on a school out at a school on the lakeshore and i was just sent there just to uh just install some vinyl base or something something got missed and it wasn't my job. They sent they sent me and my son there to install vinyl base. Well, it's a huge school. We're only there for a day. We're waiting for the GC outside, and he sees he sees my son, and he's like, "Oh, well, well, shouldn't you be in? Shouldn't you be in college?" And he's just like, hmm. "No." It's like, "Well, what do you want to do with with your life? You know, just go ahead and install vinyl base all for your for your entire life." And you know, the guy got he got my son pr pretty upset and I, I got pretty mad at him too a little bit. And I was just like, we, if everybody goes to college, we're not going to have anybody to build our buildings and to that right there. We, we need, we need people. We need guys to put vinyl base on in this world. Not yes. everybody can sit and go to college and do that and do that life. So it's for my son in my situation, I feel good about it and where he's at. Um, he's learning. He's interested in it. He wants to stay with it. Um, could there be more more motivation and more interest? Yes, but he's also a fresh twenty one. So, 
He's got he's got a lot ahead of him. I didn't have the the same motivation I do now when I was twenty one either. So, yeah, yeah. Well, that, and- that would help me. Uh, my wife is also in Florida too, so I mean we can we can foster his development, and I can answer almost every damn question that he has. So selfishly, I like that he's in Florida because I can help him and foster him. Yeah, I mean you're in a unique scenario. You're with a good company. And uh, you had the ability to kind of guide the experience of his development. And, um, you know, what Daniel's sore spot is from being mm-hmm. out in the in the weeds of it with multiple different, you know, companies uh, trying to make things yeah. work. Uh, I have a similar story, John. When I was uh, installing, uh, this came from a school teacher. We were doing a middle school. And we were doing a hallway of VCT, had some complicated uh, patterns in it, some waves and some circles and, you know, different designs uh, in this floor. And I got up to go use the bathroom. And so we're doing the end of the hall. I walked past a uh, classroom at the beginning of the hall, right off the commons area, getting ready to go to the bathroom. And I hear the teacher tell her students something to the extent of, you know, you guys want to you guys keep it up. You're going to end up like those guys out there talking about me and my crew. And so and half the students were like, All right. it was like, it was like a real kick in the teeth. Right. And um, because the, actually the pattern took a lot of mathematics to, to work out and make uh land where the, the architect showed it on their drawings. And so it took a lot of, of the skills and 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 mathematics that you learn in school, but this idea that you got to go to college to be worthwhile is a flawed idea. We Absolutely. do need people to do flooring and electrical and build our buildings and maintain our facilities and put up our high lines and build our roads and build our cars and change our oil. Those are all services. Now that doesn't mean they need to make dick. I'm sorry for the language in this podcast. I've thrown a few, uh, few <laughs> balls, but seriously, like they, they need to make that just because they're doing a service-based work doesn't mean that it should not pay well. Um, so my, my side of this is uh, from the kid's perspective is my son was in flooring. He, he started working in the summers when he was 13 in the warehouse, when he was able to get on job sites, we put him with guys to learn um would i have him in flooring i can say that i would not be disappointed one bit if he went and if he stayed in flooring now he's went down a different path uh but when he was a freshman in in college he was able to get a job installing floors now they subbed to him it was a subcontract arrangement and he was able to do uh, some student housing and get paid 300 bucks per unit that he laid the vinyl in and he'd get one uh, he'd definitely get one or two units done a week and sometimes three so when you're a freshman in college and you can make 900 bucks in a week I think that's pretty damn good right. and, and we got a part-time basis right uh, Jimmy says you know you talk about not everyone is meant for college but he he makes a point here he, he says that he'd love for his sons to be involved in the business, but in his opinion, business classes are a must if you're going to try and do the, the you know, the independent route. And, you know, he says that, you know, CFI training and FCEF, you know, a combination of those would be really beneficial for, for people starting out. And then uh, Roy Lewis says, nothing beats a trade because you can always provide. And that kind of ties into what you just said. Like he went to college, he already knew what he was doing. So he was able to start working right away. Yeah. Cause see, we made a deal. Um, I would pay oh, for deals. college and, but if he stayed at the dorm, then it's, it's covered. Well, he wanted to stay with his buddies and um, K state is where he went. And as a freshman, you don't, you do not have to be in dorms at K state. And so he, from a from freshman, from kickoff uh, as a college kid, had to pay his own rent, had to buy his own gasoline, 
and things like that. And so he had to he had to make money and uh, he had a trade that he had learned enough that he could lay simple flooring in a simple scenario, student housing, so unit by unit. And um, it was flexible, which is what he needed during college. And he was able to to for the first year be able to to make a decent income while he was in college. And uh, I'm thankful for that. I think that if I had it to do over, I do. I I don't have any regrets on that. On him learning the flooring trade. Um, right now, uh, I I had a conversation with him last week. He started a new job at an excavation company, and uh, he's like, he said something to the extent the conversation went like, "Well, if I need to make an extra thousand bucks, I can still do it." Right, so he could still do somebody's kitchen, uh, or or living room and and some luxury vinyl tile or something, and still make a thousand dollars over a weekend if he needed some extra cash. So from that perspective, I love flooring. I love the fact that if you if you had to, you can still go out, get dirty, and and make a living. Uh, put food on the table. So um, I do like that part. Daniel uh, mentioned about uh, his perspective on this, Jose. So what, what's your, what's your thoughts? So um, just like Daniel years ago, like I, I couldn't imagine my son putting his body through what I put my body through. And um, I couldn't imagine doing that. Um, as my son gets a little bit older, um, he, He's turning into to, um, a child that's a little bit built a little bit different mentally, right? Like sports and all that. He loves that. But I can see where mindset has shifted on my part. Um, I'm not an advocate. I'm not a good advocate for higher education. I do believe that a trade is something that no one can take that away from you, no matter what trade it is. Um, and over the past uh, you know, few years, I've, I've come to realize that if my son wants to, to do flooring, I'm going to back him up no matter what. If he wants to get into the industry, I'm going to back him no matter what, whether it's on his knees installing or whether it's, uh, you know, taking over uh, something that maybe, you know, maybe in the future we built something that he could take over if it's, if it's possible. Um, and even if he didn't, he can still come and work as he gets older and learn the trade um, because it's been, I've noticed that a flooring guy, a good flooring guy who's well-versed can also do drywall pretty well, can also do electrical pretty well, can also do framing, can also do plumbing, because not only do we know how to read the schematics and the prints, is our work is extremely detailed. And because of those extreme details that we have to follow, the other details that go along, all these other trades, like going by a book, reading off a print, um, Although they have a lot of rules, the details and, and the, the hands-on are pretty easy to follow. And I, I believe that a, a, a flooring installer or a flooring um, artisan, if you will, could conform a little bit and, and, and adjust and, and pick that up. Um, and as far as higher education being involved, if he didn't want to go to college, I would definitely push business class for him because no matter what, I think business class can can help if he's in the trades or if he chooses not to go in the trades, that would, that would help no matter what he does in life because he'll have a better understanding. It translate to a lot more. Yes, it can translate to a lot more. And he'll have a better understanding of the inner workings of how um, a business operates. Um, do I believe that my son is going to be motivated and be an entrepreneur? Yes. Do I believe that he can work for himself? Yes. Do I know if he's going to? I have no idea. It's going to so be. You, all would you time. want? Would you want him to be a flooring installer? If I had to say yes right now, my answer would be yes because I'm looking down the road, right? Down the road in 10, 15 years, when he's when he's uh, has the opportunity to be out of high school, he's nine years old now. He's going to be ten, so whatever, eight years. I have a feeling that craftsmen no matter what trade are going to be worth their weight in gold here pretty soon because of how many are falling off yeah and we will <laughs> if i had to prep him for the future i would say the future is in 
in the trades because we're falling off at a really fast rate and it's gonna be hard to find someone to fill that void. And if I can give him a head start on helping or having him help me learn um, while I'm teaching him, I think he'll have a decent resume at 18, 19, 20 years old, whether he chooses to go to college or not. Um, and th that's, that's my thoughts. If I had to make a decision today, my answer would be yes. And, and, and that's my basis. You know, I watched a, a video about buying businesses um, and, you know, different types of opportunities out there. And uh, there's this lady, her name is name, her name is Cody Sanchez. She's on YouTube and she does these different business videos, successful entrepreneur. Uh, she buys dirty businesses, as she says, like trade businesses. And she said, because there's been such an assault on that, those, those, that industry as a whole, the trade industry, that it, it can only go down. It's like a stock. It can only go down for so long. If it's a good quality stock, it's going to end up changing direction and going up. And the same will happen with our trade. We sitting on this call have agreed that we we want to help be a catalyst to that change um you know i think that when pay gets up there it helps with the body breaking down because you're not working yourself to death to make a living wage mm -hmm. right so i think that helps if we can get the prices up and jerry livingston says but subs aren't charging a rate they are asking what we pay i i'm taking you know, obviously store yeah. here. He says they are giving all the control over to the stores. So subs quit begging, know your worth, yeah. just call somebody and be patient. I mean, it does take a little bit of time to change it, change the pay. If you'll work with your stores that the stores that you work with, if you'll work with them in increasing the pay and say, I really even if you take a job and I'm just going to use four bucks because that's what I've been using. If you take a job for $4 a square foot, if you say, look, I need this up to four and a quarter by June, I mean, and stick to it, your store will start to do that, especially in the go career system where you have a good hammer rating, you got good kudos. I have paid more when I see somebody negotiate the price and they got a great hammer rating and, a, and good kudos. Uh, in our system, of course, I, I mean, the guy offers a lot less risk because he does yes. the job so well. So with less risk, more pay, I can still make the same amount of profit because I don't have punch lists. I don't have those things that I have to go through. So I think he's making a good point that if subs are going to, and he's, he's, he's proven the point that I made earlier that it is in the installer's hands to make the change we have a platform where you can band together and go Carrera outside that get to convention, get involved with, um, you know, the FCEF, get involved with NTCA, get involved, whichever field you're in tile or resilient or whatever, get involved with CFI. It doesn't even matter. Just get involved, get involved yeah. and make meaningful change in your career by standing up for the value that you're that you're providing don't get on facebook and just bitch about it like actually do something that's, that's <laughs> I, I, um, and, and that's the, the, the way you thing. just said it too that oh go ahead daniel uh it's you know when people do go on facebook and they have questions don't bash them man we all started somewhere help <laughs> someone out yeah yeah, don't yeah, make we, it so um, hard on the new guys either. When they come into the industry, don't don't beat them up. Like uh, I was, I was treated pretty poorly as a as a um, as a uh, hourly first time when I first got into flooring. You know, getting the and I'm not talking about hey, go get the tile stretcher type uh, <laughs> jokes. Just I'm talking more like <laughs> like uh, just being mean and and setting you up for failure it was like some of the carpet blades at you uh well i'll tell you a quick story 
the, the worst thing that happened to me, I get kicked off of a job and I've only been doing the, the, the job for maybe two weeks or less. Uh, the guys I was working with at the company that they were the mechanics. I was a helper. They gave me a broom and said, go sweep out that, that big room over there. I didn't know no better. Well, it was the sanctuary and it had all this wood all finished all beautiful everywhere on the ceiling these beams going across what do i do i go in there and just start pushing this broom start throwing it dust was going everywhere had no idea about dust control i just two weeks in the business the gc comes in and just screams at me like i was <laughs> the biggest pos on the planet and kicked me off his job site the guys are in the back just laughing at me they set me up on the whole thing. Don't do that shit. <laughs> I'm lucky I'm still here and uh, sitting on a flooring podcast talking about flooring because <laughs> I almost I almost exited right then. Uh, a few more things that have come across is when you take when you have a trade, you can easily obtain. This is from uh, Jorge Ortega, or Orta. Sorry, uh, says you can Ortega makes good sauce. Large Ortega's that's that's not a bad one. Um, obtain larger sums of money versus working by the hour for someone. Those big chunks go a long way as long as you keep your tools and get the job done. I think he's talking about reinvesting back into your yourself yeah. when you do make that money. Uh, at least that's what I take from it. And and uh, he's got a point. You you can make a lot more money as a as a sub, but if you're doing it right and you're paying your guys on a W-2 and you have an accountant and you're paying your taxes and you're taking care of business because you are a business owner, then, and you're charging appropriately to cover all that and still turn a profit, then yes, I agree hundred percent. And then Jerry says again, he says, if you charge me more, I will pass that on to the customer. I need, I need to charge my customer money so I can pay the installer what they are worth. So Yes, I, I think that's kind of playing off of what I, I mentioned. Like Jerry. In Facebook post was, yeah, uh, stores do make money on your labor. We should make money on your labor, and uh, to to suggest otherwise is um, not. That would be um, similar to the GC not making any money on the flooring. Uh, yeah, it's just not well, smart business. Um, no, you got to make. Who think like that. It's not smart business to, to think in, in that. And I'm sorry to interrupt, Paul. Um, no, but if, if I were if I were to tell you that at one point in my career that that didn't come out of my mouth and, you know, it wasn't like blanketed it overall, right? But it was like, you know, for example, it was on a project. Um, you know, we we sat down at a meeting after getting or getting a AWA signed for prep after prep after prep, like, hey, there's so much unforeseen stuff here, you know, 270 something hours to be, to get closer. And then they said, oh, we're not gonna pay you for it. And we sat down in a meeting with the owners and the, the, the gentleman, the salesman that hired us for it. And he flat out stood, out, stood up for us. And uh, Mr. Tim Johnson, man, he's a good guy, a good friend of mine to this day, even though we don't talk as much as we used to, but he stood up for us and advocated for us and said, this isn't right, you guys. Why don't we lose on our margins on the sales to replenish what they spent on it, right? Um, but they, there was more to it than that. And this is this come out after the fact, but that right there made, made me realize that, you know, not every job is gonna be profitable for the store or the installer, but you can find common ground and meet in the middle, right? Because your values have to, have to have to match up and, and we we no longer do work for for that store uh we we probably could um but we just choose not to i'm still friends with people that work out of there and uh, and i'm still i, I want to say i'm still friends with the owner right we just it's just it, it doesn't work for us um a couple a month down the road we find out that the company we did the work for they did the work for and then we were subbed for it actually went bankrupt so it's not that they didn't want to pay us right it's just instead of going through all of the hassle of explaining everything they knew that they weren't going to get paid regardless anyway so they just didn't have the funds but if that mm -hmm. conversation was approached in a different way then my mindset would have been different through that whole thing and maybe our relationship would be different to this day um well, you, but you, 
you make another good point. I mean, the fact, uh, you know, when we're talking about should a store make profit on their labor, uh, certainly if you consider the risk factor of not being paid and the time frame of paid, that again mm -hmm. supports the fact that the stores have to charge appropriately for the labor. Now, if you're working for a store that's charging $15 and paying you two, that's your fault, man. That's like so. Um, that would be a little ridiculous. Uh, I don't know if I'd be able to work for anybody finding out they did that. But what what Jerry said too is is the the increase does get passed on, right? So what we've prided ourselves on, you know, coming from the labor only, is we were actually able to create repeat customers um, for the stores that we worked out. And that's all negotiated work, right? It wasn't that we had to bid on things and maybe some of it was in through the bid market, but we helped them create um, the, the repeat customers. So that way they didn't have to fight against anybody else. And it was because we were going to be on the project. Hey, you know what? These are the numbers. This is preferred going to be on the project for you. Um, you know, that, you know, this is their niche. This is their specialty, uh, so on. And that actually helped us increase our numbers because we started investing more into tools, more into education, more into equipping our, ourselves and the, the crews with what we needed to be more efficient to do larger projects. Um, you know, we were building. And yeah, you guys were that, adding value to it. Yeah, in order process. To do that, you got to charge a little bit more. And we didn't just slap them and say, boom, here's the increase. No, it was a trickle. It was, a, you know, Daniel was like, hey, dude, like, if we're going to keep going this direction, we have to start going up so we add you know 10 cents here 25 cents here depending on on what what it is um but that's slowly what we did and and it worked and so the end user the, understood like have i guess would you guys agree that if a guy comes into you he's super high quality he says hey man we're at four bucks i need you to get to 450 in the next few months here maybe three six months from now I need to get, I need that to be 450. Great sub does shows up on time, you know, punctual, dependable, that kind of a guy you'd work towards making that happen. Would you, or would you not? We would. And 100%. I, um, you know, when we've talked to guys who we were subbing for and we've said that there was no hesitation from them to offer us a little bit more right away because they were, they knew that they yes. already had a little bit of a cushion because you do, you mark up your labor. So you get rid of that, you know, to, to make sure that everyone is staying happy, which only, you know, builds that, that partnership up even stronger because, all right, I know that they're losing a little bit on their end to make me happy now, which is going to make me, you know, when they're like, hey, I need you to go in a little bit tighter on this one because, you know, I don't know, they messed up or something got missed. It makes it a lot easier to be like, done. Yeah, you got to work. You got to right work. What you did for me. Yeah, that's just working with your, because installers that are sub subbing from us, I'm your client right? I give you the work orders. I pay you every single time. I'm your client. Have a conversation with me about how we can increase prices. How can we get better? Don't, if you're just griping about it in the background or you're, you're doing those things, I don't see the productivity uh, because everybody agrees. Like even another flooring company just was on talking about it, right? Like, yeah. We, we understand, but it has to be on a market level because one store in a given market cannot just pay out 75% more than another store and win bids. You, you won't ever win a job. So it has to start at the level where the cost is coming from, which is the installer. I hate to, I'm not, you know, very, not very often am I putting the blame on the installer, but I am putting the responsibility on you guys to as a community to gather together and help yourselves to help the industry, to help the stores will be better. If, if everybody is on the go career network and you're getting work based off hammer rating and you are 
and higher hammer rating equals higher pay, that's been proven, then it only makes sense uh, to do that. But you got to you got to take the steps, whether that's with Go Career or going to convention and talking to the CFI, your CFI group or going to FCICA meetings and teaming up with other companies or other installers and talking to them. I when when Jose and I was at uh, FCICA, there were multiple installers there, not just flooring companies. So, you know, you you have the chance to talk to other installers as well, you know get together, make some meaningful change through good conversation, and then go back and implement it. Go back and implement it. Go have the talk with your store. Go have the talk that, hey, we're here. I'd like to work to here as, you know, within the next six months or something, I need to get here or three, I'm just throwing, you know, timeframes out there, whatever yeah. you, you decide is your threshold there, but just have some conversations with them uh, I think most stores will pay to have really high quality guys. It's just as important that that it's it's awarded based on the level of quality and the level of service that you are giving to that store. If you are doing like Jose was just talking and adding value, you should be able to get paid more. If you are going to, and this is like, if you're going to stay just you and your cousin in a beat up pickup truck and never like it reinvesting back into your tools and you're always borrowing tools from the company and all that stuff you're you're taking value you're not adding value and so if that's you make a change like find ways to add value to the process and not take value away from the process you know and then you can be in the position like daniel was just talking about where when the store needs you and you're there for them and then you need the store and they're there for you, th that dynamic only happens when you're working together. It does okay. too. Yeah, I totally understand that. Got to have the conversations. You don't know unless you ask, right? Tell John I said thanks for joining us there. That was awesome. I think, oh. he's, I think he's going to poop. No. No. <laughs> 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 so um, I want to I want to add to what you said too, Paul, because um, you know hopefully this isn't too far off on a tangent uh, that from what we're we're supposed to be talking about, about having your kid, but it all ties together because we're we're setting a foundation for the future, right? And if we're setting a foundation that's misleading and it's not going to be truthful, and we're setting a foundation that's going to be watered down for the future of our industry, whether it's our child or not. Um, we, we do have to make it known that it's it's about having the right equipment and, and it's about being able to execute and be consistent. And that that's what it is, is if you can consistently perform, let's just say at a higher level, if you perform at a higher level with and creating um, a consistency of less risk, right? Like we had a really strong run with zero to no punch list for a long time. Do we still get them? Yes, we do. But some of them are categorized as repairs, right? But they're punch list. Yeah, but um, but it's about the consistency, and that's that's what what really controls the market. If like, if you can match consistency, consistency, skill set, along with uh, I don't want to say image, right? Because not everybody is is going to follow that. You, your image is whatever you create, but if you can, on a professional level, you are attracting a specific demographic and you're working towards a specific demographic, you kind of have to fit the criteria, right? And that just all falls into place with it. If you're, if you're, if you're on track for that, then, then stay on track for that. If your demographic is high-end homes and you're doing custom wood floors, then stay on track for that. You're not going to, you're not going well, to. Image, through, got, image know, has a lot to do with how you perform, right? you don't have to necessarily be the cleanest cut person on the planet, but if you are, if you are, if you show up when you're supposed to, when it's, when you're scheduled, uh, if you're punctual, dependable and quality, and like Jerry says, you help the store look good to the customer. Yes. Of course. He says, I'll pay more for a reliable installer. I think that's across every flooring company, every quality flooring company, well, is that if you make us, if a sub makes us look good, 
we are more apt to take care and pay that guy more as we're able to. But as far as changing, that's a, on a sub by sub level. And that kind of happens now. What I'm talking about is changing the entire industry to up the water level of pay. Um, yeah. And I think that takes um, that takes people banding together, installers banding together and, and making some meaningful change right. uh, by by communicating with the store that you need more, by <clears throat> investing in your um, tools, by investing in yourself. All the stuff we talk about all the time on the huddle is investing back in yourself in education and invest back into yourself in your tools and your equipment or in coalition that's what we need to start the flooring coalition <laughs> and then yeah. i floor trends has a, a podcast that was released last week i think i listened to it this morning um it's about building market share and he straight up said in there he said that installers are gonna be the ones that are dominating everything pretty soon because we we have the powers in our hands right without us things don't get done and it just it's about that time like you said you know you can only go down for so long until you start coming back up and it's about that time for us to start coming back up and building um a, a stronger workforce because you you look at things from back in the day and you know people were proud to be a, a flooring installer this is what i do yeah. and, and now you know it it's it's not the norm anymore like when we when we were first starting they were like we'd show up to the job site and they were like Oh, you guys are the four guys. Usually they don't show up till like noon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, you leave at three. Man. We had a thing for a while where we were the first ones there and the last ones to leave. Um, yeah. And nobody in our area has ever seen that. And that that to me was one of the um one of the takeaways from working uh as a an employee for uh the company where I met Johnny, who was just in the background, um, was they were they were a company they would show up in the morning they would mobilize get to work go put in eight hours on the job site then then go home and it was that was hard to find in the flooring industry because there is no template right there is no as a subcontractor you you as a 1099 subcontractor you don't have any boss so to speak so you were kind of on your own hey i need you to do late, job. late last night guess i'm going in late tomorrow yeah well yeah. I mean, those are the metrics that are tracked, though, right? Those are the things that that, that people uh, recognize in a really high-quality sub is uh, dependability, punctuality, those types of things. Because as a flooring company, you can't – legally, you cannot tell a subcontractor you start at 8 and your day's over at 5, right? That's not – you can say the job site hours are 7 to 3, and we have this much work to get done. Here's your work order. You accept it. You know the schedule. You got to get it done on time. And then as, as long as they're working within those hours and get the job done, then uh, you got to accept the, the, the hours of, of work. If you will, if the, if the 1099 subs will just change their perspective a bit and start showing up better than or at least as good as hourly installers, uh, you know, be as punctual or and more dependable and add more value. You're going the the whole industry will change. Like yeah. it is on the backs of installers. Uh, I had a, a Q and A thing here that says, you know, that installers make or break a company. Um, I believe that uh, that is 100% correct. Like. The installers can cause you, as a store, can cause you immense pain or immense pleasure. And either way, um, you know, the store, ha you have to deal with those things as they come. But what's important is how you work together. If you don't, if the store's not taking care of you um, from a perspective of pay or, or setting up the jobs as good as they can, um, and we all struggle with that a bit. I'm not saying we're perfect by any means, but I am saying that go work for another store. Go, go, go work for another store. If you're unhappy at the store you're at, right. you guys have the, you have the control of your life. And um, again, you know, not that you shouldn't get on 
uh, social media and have discussions. And I'm not even discouraging that whatsoever. I think it's awesome. But I'm just taking some of the complaints out of that. And you can see that they're just complaining as opposed to proposing meaningful solutions. And so, um, and there's a lot of solutions out there. You just got to explore them. So I, I have that conversation, like uh, Rollin says right here, you got to have that conversation, right? Because then Rollin will tell you, he says, uh, uh, give me a reason to pay you more. That That's about as, that as you can, that's about as clean as you can say it right? Add value by being punctual, dependable, and having being well-equipped. And you you have 90% of it knocked out of the park right there, you know? And now if you can install the floor and do it in a great manner, you, you rule the roost. I mean, I know subs that rule the roost because they are dependable, punctual, well-equipped. Can if they, If they're going to grind a floor, and they don't have the right grinder with them. They got another one. They they they, they grab and and that one work. I mean, like they're well equipped, well trained, and um, care a lot about being punctual and dependable. Uh, those are just very um, important metrics for for subs to you know keep track of themselves on. Um, I know we're, we're running out of time here, aren't we? Yep, we're running out of time. Always, so, always when we get on a good subject, man. <laughs> I, like, I just want to say that this kind of uh, ties into why we started working so hard for the industry and trying to change things is because of looking at our kids, like what I want them to do what I do right now. Yeah. And that's what pushes me to try and make them changes because like, like he said, you know, people don't know what their kids are going to do. If one day my son is like, this is what I want to do. I want to do the same thing that you do. I want him to be in a better place than I was when he At the starting the point. First day yeah. he starts on the job site. So I you know, to me, Daniel, you're you said no, but I think you're a yes. I think you're a yes if the industry if if the industry makes some of the changes that we're talking about and that we hear it can at the shows all the time, we start making those meaningful changes as an industry. Um, I think that, uh, you know, you get a better situation, a different, a better scenario for your child uh, because we love our kids. We want them to have a better uh, experience or existence than what we had. That's what every parent wants. Um, but when that happened, but what that requires is everybody on this call, everybody that's listening, and 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 those of us who have contributed, band together, let's make some change by doing things a little bit differently. That does require a little bit of pain, but let's do things a little bit differently, have those conversations, let's get the pay where it should be, and let's value the installation uh professionals in our industry i'm going to leave this call with a quick uh story mark from the ntca started a talk one time it was at surfaces and he i, I believe it was at surfaces and he was talking about how back in the 30s and 40s like when a flooring guy walked in and he had some pictures like they were in these dresses. Oh, yeah. i remember that a, a nice shirt and they had a little tie on and now this was way back in the day but when the flooring guys showed up, they were like, get out of the way. The 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 craftsmen are here to do I was their I was there for that. I was there were for that. Were you there? Okay. Yes. I was I was blown away with some of the pictures and stuff. We can work back towards that. We just have to build back the responsibility. I guarantee you those guys in that picture didn't show up at 10 o'clock and leave it too. So if you want that respect, start acting like it and earning it. That's yeah, all I got I, to say. I and uh I want to uh, tell you guys, I really appreciate you uh, joining me and uh, having this discussion because, you know, with kids, we, 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 uh, you know, you, you want to have a better, like I said, a better experience for them, but it, it can happen in this industry as well. So I hope we can all make some meaningful change that, that improves the industry and, um, you know, addresses a lot of the concerns out there. So once again, guys, that's it. It's four o'clock. We made it a full hour. Uh, with zero effort. <laughs>
that yeah. was very, uh, very fluid conversation. I appreciate you guys and tell John it was nice to meet him. And you guys have a good afternoon. And we'll catch you guys next Tuesday. We'll see you. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.